Hello, and welcome to Notes in the Week Ahead, a JP Morgan Asset Management podcast that provides insights on the markets and the economy to help you stay informed in the week ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at JP Morgan Asset Management. Today is November 6th, 2023. One almost unnoticed innovation in our modern world is a tracking app. Whether you're booking a car service, enduring a long flight, or just waiting for a pizza, with a click or two, you can find out exactly how long it should take the car, flight, or pizza to reach its destination. These apps are useful for planning purposes and provide a level of reassurance that you are, in fact, headed to where you should be headed. A similar monitoring of the downward track on inflation can provide some reassurance that inflation is indeed on track to hit the Fed's 2% target ahead of schedule. Last week saw a welcome moderation in the labour market and a general recognition that the booming 4.9% real GDP growth rate posted for the third quarter was an aberration. Still, many fear that inflation could yet prove sticky and that the economy will not be able to achieve the transition from the 3.4% year-over-year PC inflation seen in the third quarter to the Fed's target of 2%. Indeed, the Fed itself seems to share this concern with the September summary of economic projections forecasting inflation only falling from 3.2% in the fourth quarter of 2023 to 2.5% in the fourth quarter of 2024, and 2.1% in the fourth quarter of 2025. Now, in truth, there is no real difference for businesses or consumers between an economy with 2% inflation and an economy with 2.5% inflation. However, there is for asset prices. If inflation does fall to 2% or below, the Federal Reserve will have no excuse to maintain a hawkish stance in the face of economic weakness. Moreover, a long-run expectation of 2% or lower inflation implies lower bond yields and can justify significantly higher multiples on equities and alternatives. The good news is that it's possible not only to forecast where inflation is going to be at the end of next year, but also to trace out its likely progress in getting there. My own approach is to use a monthly forecasting model of CPI inflation, comprising four sub-models forecasting inflation in food, energy, shelter, and everything else. A second model can then be used to project the path of the consumption deflation based on these forecasts. Running these models in early November of 2023 produces a forecast of year-over-year headline consumption deflation inflation falling to 2.9% in the fourth quarter of 2023, 2.4% in the first quarter of 2024, 2.2% in the second quarter of 2024, and 1.8% in both the third and fourth quarters of 2024. Of course, this forecast will not track reality exactly, and it could get disrupted by unforeseen shocks. However, in the absence of those shocks, it does suggest that both investors and the Fed will see a very steady decline in inflation throughout the next year, potentially facilitating some decline in long-term interest rates and justifying monetary policy easing, particularly if the economy falters. Looking at these pieces one at a time, a food currently accounts for 13.4% of the CPI basket. Food prices soared in the pandemic, reflecting the impact of hoarding, fiscal stimulus, and supply chain disruptions. This inflation was then sustained by the impact of Russia's invasion of Ukraine on agricultural commodities and sharp increases in labor costs. Now, all of these effects are now fading. Moreover, lower middle-income consumers in the United States are clearly getting squeezed with real consumer spending on food for off-premises consumption falling throughout the last 18 months. Restaurant spending is more robust, Nevertheless, barring another supply shock, we expect these forces to continue to erode food inflation with a year-over-year increase in food CPI falling from 
4.3% in 3Q23 to 2.7% in 4Q23, 1.8% in the first, second, and third quarters of 2024, and 1.6% in the fourth quarter of next year. Energy accounts for 7.2% of CPI, and has always been the most volatile part of the index. Gasoline is half of the energy total, so a big part of the inflation puzzle is just figuring out where gasoline prices are headed. Crude oil prices collapsed at the onset of the pandemic, falling to $12 a barrel before soaring back to $124 in the aftermath of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Since then, they've fallen back to a more normal range of $80 to $90. Importantly, the tragic events in the Middle East are not as yet having any major impacts on oil prices, and the price of a barrel of West Texas Intermediate Crude stands at just over $81 a barrel at the start of this week. Going forward, a combination of a sluggish global economy and increased output from the US and non-OPEC nations should more than offset continued reductions in OPEC and Russia output. Current futures prices, which anticipate WTI falling to just over $77 a barrel by the fourth quarter of next year, seem reasonable. Importantly, the spread between gasoline prices and crude oil prices has soared after the invasion of Ukraine due to a lack of global refinancing or refining capacity, a bottleneck that's acting as less of a restraint today. This has allowed gasoline prices to fall sharply in recent months and should allow for further modest declines in the year ahead, even if crude oil prices hold steady at current levels. Relatively high natural gas inventories should keep natural gas prices steady or falling in the year ahead, contributing to a similar pattern for electricity prices. All told, we expect the energy component of CPI to post modest year-over-year declines in each of the next five quarters, or to be precise, minus 2.7% in 4Q23, minus 2.7% in 1Q24, minus 0.8% in 2Q24, minus 4.7% in 3Q24, and minus 1.8% in the fourth quarter of next year. Shelter comprises almost 35% of the CPI basket, of which roughly 8% is actual rent, 26% is owner's equivalent rent, and 1% is hotels. The Bureau of Labor Statistics uses a complicated procedure to estimate rents based on surveying panels of households at an interval of six months and asking them about the rents that they are actually paying. This causes changes in measured rents to lag behind changes in rents negotiated in the marketplace, as does the fact that rents are normally only renegotiated once a year. Changes in owner's equivalent rent are estimated using changes in measured actual rents and lag in the same way. Now, one advantage to this lag for economists is that it allows us to estimate what's going to happen to the shelter part of CPI well in advance. According to Zillow, the rent on new leases in September was up 3% year over year, but up just 8 tenths of a percent at an annual rate over the past six months. We expect this very slow rent growth to continue, reflecting plenty of new multifamily supply coming on the market, rents that are still high relative to income, a squeeze in consumer budgets from the renewal of student loan payments, and slower job growth and relatively sluggish demographics. If all this is correct, shelter inflation, which peaked at 8.1% year-over-year in the first quarter of 2023, should fall to 6.4% in the fourth quarter of this year, 5.3% in the first quarter of next year, 4.6% in the second quarter of next year, 4.1% in the third quarter of next year, and down to 3.6% in the fourth quarter of 2024. And then finally, there's the rest of inflation. CPI inflation outside of food, energy, and shelter has been boosted in recent years by a very restricted supply of new and used cars, a resurgence in airline travel following the pandemic, general supply chain issues, and to some extent, the impact of higher wage growth. However, over the past six months, new vehicle prices are up just two-tenths of a percent at an annual rate, and used car prices have fallen at a double-digit annualized rate. 
The surge in airline traffic has abated, although planes are still full due to a lack of capacity in the airline industry. In addition, global purchasing managers have now reported speedier deliveries for nine straight months, suggesting that supply chain issues are no longer a major source of inflation. Finally, as we learned in last Friday's October jobs report, year-over-year wage growth has now fallen almost continuously from a peak of 5.9% in March 2022 to 4.1% in October 2023, while the jobs market, as measured by the unemployment rate, has stopped tightening. Reflecting these trends in an econometric model, uh, for, it gives us a forecast for year-over-year CPI, ex-food, energy and shelter inflation of 2.1% in the fourth quarter of 2023, 2.1% in the, in the first quarter of 2024, 1.9% in the second quarter of next year, 2.0% in the third quarter, and 1.9% in the fourth quarter. Putting all of this together and modeling slight changes in component weights over time suggests a track for year-over-year headline CPI inflation of 3.2% of the fourth quarter 23. 2.8% in Q1-24, 2.6% in Q2-24, 2.2% in Q3-24, and 2.2% in 4Q24. However, because of conceptual and cur- coverage differences, consumption deflation inflation normally tracks a little cooler than CPI inflation. In fact, on average over the past 10 years, headline consumption deflation inflation has averaged four tenths of a percent below CPI inflation. While this gap shrank to just 0.14% in the third quarter 23 we believe it should re-expand in the year ahead based on changes in subcomponent inflation trends. Consequently, our CPI forecast of inflation at 2.2% in the fourth quarter 2024 should be consistent with a consumption deflation inflation rate of 1.8%, well below the Fed's current projection of 2.5%, and marginally below its long-run target of 2%. Crucially for markets, however, this progress towards 2% inflation should be substantial in the months ahead. In particular, a reading of 2.2% year-over-year, which we project for the second quarter of next year, should go a long way to calming periods of sticky inflation. If the economy can stay on this path while avoiding recession, the outlook should be quite positive for U.S. equities and fixed income. There is, of course, a risk that the economy could tip into recession or we get hit by another shock in the months ahead. However, the good news for investors is that, after an extremely bumpy ride in recent years, inflation looks set to reach its 2% destination ahead of schedule. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week. And if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your J.P. Morgan representative. This content is intended for information only based on assumptions in current market conditions and are subject to change. No warranty of accuracy is given. This content does not contain sufficient information to support investment decisions. It is not to be construed as research, legal, regulatory, tax, accounting, or investment advice. Investments involve risks. Investors should seek professional advice or make an independent evaluation before investing. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate, including loss of capital. Past performance and yield are not indicative of current or future results. Forecasts and estimates may or may not come to pass. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide.